Low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV, get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, Nestlemania alongside for the ride is JC. JC, we've been through like I think 45 hours of wrestling. How are you holding up? Oh, I'm holding up, baby, because what a spectacular we had the last few days. The debut of Miz and Mrs. on Monday night. Is that not the lead? No, it's not the lead. That's right. We had WrestleMania. We had the Raw after WrestleMania. We had a SmackDown edition of WrestleMania. We had a two-night NXT TakeOver. So uh, if you guys like wrestling, which I'm assuming you do because you're listening to us, uh, it's a good week. And honestly, I think most of it was a lot of fun. We're going to run through WrestleMania here. And I definitely, I think you probably agree with me that night one was definitely the better night. Um, Night two certainly had some nice spots, but I felt like night one was pretty solid for the most part, besides a few little blips. I thought in my head that night two was what I wanted to see. Yes, on same. paper. And then when night two happened, I was, I think maybe the expectations were a lot higher. So maybe that's why I was disappointed. But I will say this much night one surprised me. And that was what I was I- expecting a little bit of because I thought that a lot of the other matches really carried some weight. Yeah. And I think we'll get to a couple things in particular that I think surprised a lot of us. But uh, we're going to start from, you know, beginning to end because why not? Uh, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre kicked off WrestleMania. Um, I didn't really have high expectation of this being a five-star classic or five-flame classic or anything like that. Um, I'm happy for both these guys because they're obviously both deserving. The story was not great but decent. Um, but all in all, my takeaways is the right man run. One, like I predicted, but I was surprised that I was right because I expected to be wrong. I was really surprised because I thought just Drew was going to be the first person out. I thought Drew, you know, Drew was going to prove that he was the, the guy on Raw. Um, but like we talked about, Bobby has been doing so well, and we both really enjoy what's going on here. I think he just, yeah, he just he changed the the narrative of what we thought was supposed to happen because of how good he's been, and he's he's really working hard to get that you know that whole thing over where it's no, I don't want to give up my championship because quite frankly, I may never get it again. And so he's working very hard. They put over the finish very hard with the the hurt lock like, really hard that he tapped. He didn't really tap. He just kind of, like, got distracted by MVP, missed the Claymore, and then got put in the Hurt Lock again, even though he kind of passed out, sort of, kind of, based on everything. It was kind of a weird... It was almost like a Brock Lesnar match on steroids. It felt like it went longer, obviously, but it felt very physical, and I think that's what they're headed towards. But as we talk about on to what happened on Monday Night Raw later, we're definitely kind of headed back and into a circle instead of a (laughs) forward direction. 100%. And as you were saying that, um, I now have a hope about this for later in the show. Uh, Look at that. Look at that, Nestle. I did it. I was worried about not having a hope. Now I have one. So more on Lashley later. But next up, we have um, a match that happened. Um, It was a gauntlet match, um, and it wasn't great. But the only reason you liked it is because you picked Natty and fucking 
Give me what I want. Give me props. Shit Acknowledge bag. me. Acknowledge nobody me. Nobody wanted. Nobody wanted. Igno- the whole crowd was chanting Tamina. Ironically. No, not ironically. Either way, listen, 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 listen. And that was also that was also wasn't night one. That was night. Two. They were they chanting, chanting both nights Tamina. for Tamina. No, 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 no. they were chanting yes, night they were. two because no one likes Nia Jax. No, 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 no. They were chanting. Yes, Tamina will God. become the biggest babyface in the division. This was the one team. This team, like, so Carmella and Billy Kay get the big upset to start it off. You should have been boned up for your girl, Billy Kay, but you throw her away because you want to win a stupid prediction for fucking Tamina. Are you kidding me? This was horrible. You're bearing the this lead. Was, this was the worst part of WrestleMania until the next night when they were out there again. No, the worst The worst part was poor Mandy Rose falling over. That was that was awful. No, no, honestly, that was the best part and the most memorable part of this match. That is one of the things from this that we will never forget because it was a hilarious. She's owned it well, like only she can because she's hashtag always in the shine, hashtag always a stud. Mandy does it better than everyone. Everyone. I, I got to say this much, though. She had a WrestleMania moment in WrestleMania. No. I would say this much. Tamina and Natty was was not the worst part of that match. There were so many other things that went on, like forgetting how to learn how to tag. Like, just all the stuff that happened, random, like they screwed up who won and who lost and who was eliminated. It's like, that match was doomed from the beginning. These matches are always a shit show. Always. And that's why it's like, why, like, we just wish they'd, like, put more thought in it. But you can tell it's just like, and, like, you can just, there's just, they're always a fucking mess. They just, they never go well. But they continue to do them because this was essentially the, uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Women's Battle Royal. What'd they call it? The Fabulous it the Moolah Wrestle- Battle Royal? No, well, it was Fabulous Moolah until they found out what yeah. it was really worth. And then yeah. made it WrestleMania. So yeah. yeah. So, yeah. This was the replacement because, you know, you get a tag team partner. You get a tag team partner. Everyone gets a tag team partner. But we got to move on from this and start to get to the Fab Five of WrestleMania, these five matches in a row. And it started with Cesaro taking on Seth Rollins. I really did enjoy this match. Um, I said it should be a match of the year candidate. Obviously, I don't think it got that, but I thought it was great. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. And there was a lot of ingenuity from both guys, which I think is fun. Um, Seth is a big game player at WrestleMania. We've seen it over the years. Him be part of some really good matches and some really good moments. And he made Cesaro look amazing. Um, Cesaro, whether he had a shoulder injury or was faking a shoulder injury, it worked either way. And him persevering through that to getting his moment and that big singles win I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, look, I I had a lot of high hopes for this matchup, and I was really surprised about how much they went and delivered because it's hard to really deliver, I think, expectations. Mm-hmm. And they didn't surprise me with too much, but then they did a 23 spins, which we thought was kind of early. When we were watching, we were thinking, okay, that's a little early because that kind of seemed the whole narrative of what the storyline was. But they kept going, and they just kept delivering with the no-hands avalanche spin, which I thought, oh, that was great. I always loved the Swiss Superman just showing his, his strength and his just – durability in those kind of matches um and he finally got his win which he needed i'll be curious to see what they do on smackdown if they do something with it or if it's more of a just he won he got his moment and then he's back to the back of the line like he's normally i hope i'm wrong but we'll see the next match however surprised Mm. the hell out of me Mm. so i got a colossus debut nestlemania a colossal too big for one night the man himself, Omas. I mean, I figured this would be a lot of fun, and it was, but it wasn't as much for the reason I was expecting because the way they booked Omas in this match and the way the New Day played off him, by played off him, I mean literally bounced off him, was fucking mwah, made me smile. We were smiling the whole time. We were on a little uh, Facebook Live together just watching, and this match made me smile a lot. It was a lot of fun. Was it the greatest match in the world? Absolutely not, but it was a lot of fun. It was memorable because of it, and Omos 
looked incredible. Like, I think it was, uh, you said it, this is what they hoped Giant Gonzalez could be. Right. An athletic version of him. Like, Omos, like, he looked great. They, they booked him exactly how they had to. AJ played his role. Uh, Kofi and Xavier played their role. He looked dominating, and we got new champs. Listen, I, I have to eat crow here because I was not excited for this matchup from day How's one. How's it taste, bitch? It's not great, but I will say I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised because of what happened. I mean, AJ Styles delivered. I thought AJ Styles did a great job. I thought New Day did a great job playing a good, you know, good defense is a good, sorry, good offense is a good defense kind of thing where they tried to keep Omos out as much as they possibly could. That was great for me because I was I was wondering how they were going to portray that storyline. He finally got in, and then he just wrecked everybody. I love the springboard, and then onto Omos' shoulders and into something. I thought that were over him or something like that. That was great. They just they painted a great picture, and they made him the star of that show was Omos, and that that's what it needed to be because the other three people would be fine. This needed to be a please don't be a clunky old you know big dude. That's basically what we were hoping, and he wasn't. He moved so. Mm-hmm. I think it checked a lot of boxes. I was a little concerned, though, that on Monday, we'll talk about it more, but, like, a lot of champions that won to WrestleMania didn't show up on Monday. So it was just kind of odd. Hey, I'm okay with champion's advantage. You get to rest where your challengers have to fight, except for Bobby because he got goaded into it. I, I don't mind that as much because I think it's when I'm looking for that, it's like, okay, we're moving forward. We know those guys are where they are. Let's try to turn the page a little bit, which obviously we have a WrestleMania backlash coming up. So some pages aren't getting turned, as we already discussed, but... I didn't mind it because I thought the segment that was with their former challengers was actually not that bad. But we'll get there. From one big guy that can move to another big guy that can move, you know I hate steel cage matches. And you know what? Braun does too. So much so that he ripped open the cage. That spot. It was so perfect. I was looking for something in this match. Because whenever I see a Braun thing, I'm like, okay, what is something he's going to do that we really haven't seen or like him put his own Braun spin on something? And ripping open the cage was that. Obviously, shout out Shane McMahon for once again with the kaboom of the week going off the cage. Like, literally, like that man, like, he, we knew he was falling off of something and it was great. Obviously, Braun won and it pushes him forward a little bit. But I, again, I thought this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, look, we we both don't really like steel cage matches. I was surprised that Elias and Riker kind of got in there. I didn't know if that was going to be a thing or not. Of course, the crash test dummies were there. And so it happens. I think the hard part for me was when you watch a cage match like that, you're wondering where's where's the crescendo? Where's where's the big where's the big finish, you know? And they did they did deliver. I mean, that's we we knew that it was going to be stupid, stupid, stupid. The one thing that I thought was a little bit odd and it had to be set up for the end, which I get. But it was like Shane pretty much could have slipped down and, and won the match. But the fact that like Braun had to like run through to catch him to rip it and then send him off the top of the thing was a little odd. But it still worked, you know, and we, we, don't, we don't really necessarily harp on that as much as I do. So, I mean, he's going to end up being in the music video of just ripping the cage and the kaboom. And that's really all you need. You got two spots. That's all we needed. Them. And Shane McMahon went back to sweating backstage. So we're okay. We're okay. So, I look, it, like we said, it trudged through week after week, just garbage sometimes. But we got what we wanted. He got them hands. <laughs> It delivered, and um, speaking of delivered, and actually you can call this more than delivered, and what I called the match of night one and maybe the match of WrestleMania, but I've since, I think I'm going to make it a tie with the last two matches here I thought were my two favorite matches of the weekend, but it was a tag match between The Miz and Morrison and Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. I was I was in awe of how clean and how, of how clean of a match Bad Bunny had. He hit his spots. He did great. The Miz and Morrison looked like rock stars. Priest played his job perfectly, but... I thought Bad Bunny was spectacular, and I, I know you were surprised. I think we were all surprised because I thought he'd do well because we know he's been putting in the work. 
but I did not expect to be that good and be something where even in consideration for match of the weekend, never mind being my match of the weekend. I thought this was great start to finish. Obviously, Bad Bunny's entrance. Like you talk about Gaga, it was perfect. It was beautiful. Shout out our boy Ray Ray, who was uh, helped shoot that a couple days before. It just like such a good job done to everyone involved in this match. Whoever was involved in the back, like who, the people who got him prepared, apparently were I believe Drew Gulak and Adam Pierce were the ones training. So uh, shout out Adam Pierce, fucking stud of the week, but. I I love this WrestleMania. I loved all of it. No, impressive is exactly the word. I think when you have a celebrity match or you have any celebrity involvement, it really is please don't embarrass the brand of the WWE and please don't embarrass yourself. He did neither. As a matter of fact, he probably did both. He did he did the opposite. He he made both better. Is what I should say yep. is he really went out of his way to learn it. I think learn the craft. You know, I'll never be a celebrity. I'll never be a big time deal. But if I ever made it to WrestleMania, I'd be the same way. I would be in that. PC oh, you have to put in every, the work, baby. Every every night he did the he did the work. As much as I I'm I don't know him from from Adam. No pun intended. I don't know him, but he res, he he has my respect. So if I see him on my TV screen again, I'm not necessarily going to care. I'm not going to care that he's there. I'm not going to hate that he's there because he's earned he's earned my respect as a fan, and. As long as he's in a tag match, because I don't know if he'll ever be in a singles match, but maybe he will. I don't know. The majority of that match, though, which was surprising, because I remember the beginning, it was like he was out there and he took all pretty much all the heat too. It was just like they left him out there to let him prove it. So I, I think like if him and Miz did do it, I think it would probably be similar how it was and then just wrap up sooner. But I thought I was shocked at how well he held his own because. You know, there's obviously things you can practice to hit a few things, but to go that long and do that many different things, like, that takes a lot more than that. And so, like, kudos to him. Like, when Randy Orton's shouting respects at you, we know Randy Orton's, like, critical of everything. Like, that really means a lot. So I'm thrilled for him. I'm glad that he's going to do his own thing. I thought it was cool when they, Triple H did the little things, like, oh, here's your tour date. Like, that's kind of a cool thing to have his tour date announced on WWE. That's cool for them. So... Good for him. Wishing the best of luck. I'm sure we'll see him again, but uh, I thought this wrapped up perfectly. And, like, we talked about it on the preview. Like, you even said, like, this was one of the better stories week in and week out where they did a nice job. And for it to finish like that, I think it was just – it was very well done by everyone. I just want to put a special shout-out to our boy, Jomo. I have to say my boy now because I think he was wow! he was the MVP of that matchup, in my opinion. Not Priest. Not bad money and not Miz. Was, I thought I thought he he went and took the he took the brunt of the bumps for and made sure that Bunny looked great. So he needs sure. he needs to. I don't necessarily. I, I have a soft spot for him in certain ways because I think he's a good duo with the Miz. Don't want to see Morrison by himself ever. But in this particular case at WrestleMania, he did a great job. You ever seen Morrison by himself? I don't want. Not for me. Not for me. But WrestleMania next up, the main event of night one. Sasha Banks, SmackDown Women's Champion, defended against Bianca Belair. This, like I said, I'm going to call it my co-match of the week favorite. I enjoyed this match. I thought these two put on a good show. I loved the moment at the beginning where they kind of took it in because I, like, that's for me, like, when I watch wrestling and I watch sports, like, I love those type of moments that kind of make me feel it because it's like, a lot of the times when we look at these stars and we see them on TV every week, like, you kind of forget sometimes that they're like just human beings. And to see that human moment with the raw emotion before a match and them just taking it in, it's like, these are two women who were once young girls who wanted to be in this position and dreamt of this moment and are now here. I'm glad they took a second to soak it in and really like that break that it's like a tiny little break of kayfabe and then get right back into it. I, so I personally, I love that. 
And then I, I think the match was very solid throughout, through it, through it and out. I thought they did a good job. I thought it was a good ending. I was very happy for Bianca, as was Sasha. I thought it was cool that someone caught a camera angle of Sasha after the match outside the ring, like with that big smile on her face, knowing like we fucking did it. We fucking did it. They put on a show, and I it's something I will probably watch over and over again for many years to come. Yeah, it was a very good to match. It delivered as much as I, I gave shit about the, the storyline because the storyline did not, in my opinion, lead up to anything. But as you said, storyline don't matter when it's bigger than that. So it's fine. The one thing I would have preferred about this is I felt like, yes, I know the moment and the match is monumental. But I would have preferred even a bigger gaga pre presentation at the beginning, which I felt like they deserved. So I don't I, I mean, and I mean, that's just me. When you get those bigger moments, and maybe maybe it's too much, you know, it might might have been taken away from the actual moment itself, and that's fine. That's up for discussion. But I would have loved to see a little bit more, like, just the way they present Bianca Belair. Like, obviously, at the end, it was a big deal, but I mean, at the beginning of it, I would have been like, because for mostly the casuals are gonna be like, who the hell is this? You know, I don't know who she is. They kind of know Sasha because they anyway. know now. They know now, yeah, of course. But that was the whole game plan. But for me. I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, we didn't even talk about the hair whip. Everybody, including the oh, Quinn twins well, from the cheap seats, heard it. I had to let you get your overall thoughts in first, yeah. but the hair whip literally heard around the world. Like, yeah. it was thunderous. Our boys who were up in the 300 levels said you could hear it. You saw the pictures after the match with the laceration on Sasha. Like, that was – it made what was already a fantastic match. It was the ultimate whipped cream cherry on top because it just, like, it capped it off. And it was just – it made it so much more. And – it was awesome. It was everything about that was awesome. I don't know if like they ever thought that would happen, but the fact that it did, it just I think it gave this match a little bit extra, which just I mean I I'm, I'm gushing over it, but I did I truly I truly enjoyed it. I know all of us watching together like we truly enjoyed this match. Yeah, and look they delivered. I mean they they deserve to be in that spot. So and again, it's a huge moment. I mean I watched all the videos of Montez getting excited in the ring and out Beautiful. of the ring. Like yep. that's an awesome he didn't macho man the moment and like get up and point or anything. He, he grabbed his wife and it was a sincere moment. So that was that was awesome to see. I mean, just to see how I always I always love seeing when couples like support each other, but not like when the cameras are always around, but you get that genuine moment. I think that's important, especially where like he wasn't even at WrestleMania. Like, I mean he wasn't on the card essentially. So to have him be, you know, relegated to SmackDown, but then be there for his wife in that moment and be so supportive, I thought that 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 was very telling of their relationship, and just makes you like both of them even more. So it's just it's an awesome moment for everybody involved. So I I I, I tip my cat off to my tip my cap off to them because they did a great job. Uh, they made me believer because I wasn't a believer of uh, the main event. So great job. So that does it for night one of WrestleMania. That was the pinnacle of WrestleMania. So now um. You know, normally when you reach a pinnacle, you kind of work your way down. Well, night two did not want to do that. They literally fell off the cliff. The bridge, there was no May bridge because down I? you went. Yes. Landslide. Because <laughs> that's where we're headed, folks. Oh, it man. Was bad. My most hyped, hyped match of the weekend, Randy Orton versus The Fiend kicked off night two. And this, the, the entrance was unique uh, with the little uh, Bray in the box and Alexa winding up. I was like, okay, this is cool. This is something different. Um, and then he came out and they had a match and the match wasn't overly good. And then we got to the ending uh, where Alexa just started uh, oozing the black goo that's been coming out of Randy. Bray was confused. And then the three most dangerous letters in WWE, RKO, Led to a one, two, three, and that was it. Uh, we've seen the fiend take about eight thousand curb stomps and be fine, but in this case, 
him getting his heart broken by Miss Bliss and taking an RKO ended the fiend. Your thoughts. So first off, I wanted to say that I don't know if anybody else pointed this out, but we'll talk about it later, I think. But Edge had a certain type of gear on, and Randy Orton had a sim similar gear color as well, which I thought was very telling. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, White ain't right. Well, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of people that hated this matchup, including the fans there. They booed the hell out of it. Um, and it, you they know deserved, what? Deservedly so. You know what? I will say this much. that They put it on first for a reason, right? Because they knew they were going to yes. get the reaction they did. So they're smart yes. enough to know that. But sometimes you got to do what you want to do and not what the fans want. And you got to take them on the ride because you can – here's the fine line. that I don't, I don't like defending the WWE a lot, but I think that there's a lot of people that are a lot smarter than us, that have a lot more money in their pockets and make way better decisions than we do. Sometimes the fans can dictate, and that's fine. Give them what they want. But sometimes you just got to tell them what they want. And this one – it's just one of those things where you have to look at it from a perspective of, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. Just enjoy what you're getting because it eventually will come back around. Now, I had I had an inter interaction with somebody on Twitter talking about how this was a burial of the fiend. This is not a burial of the fiend. You're using the word burial wrong, folks, because it is not the it's not a burial would be you're in catering every week and you're not on the show and you might as well just eat your contract till you're done. That's buried. You're gone. You're not there. He can win, he can lose. It's irrelevant at this point. And I think that that's something that we have to remember. He's at a point, folks, where it won't matter. People are going to say, oh, if he keeps losing, I'll give up. No, you won't. Because he has the ability, every time he gets on camera at the Firefly Funhouse, to remember how entertaining he is and remember that it does not matter for a win or loss here for him. And that character is evergreen forever will be fine. It will be. I actually didn't mind the jack-in-the-box stuff. Obviously, we talked about that at nauseum a couple weeks ago about the jack-in-the-box. The other thing, too, that I thought was great was that Alexa Bliss was bleeding black, you know, with the, th the essentially a crown of thorns, you know, and it was just, it was a distraction. Yes, the one RKO was kind of odd, and then Randy Orton kind of ran out of there as quickly as he could because he's Randy Orton. I would, too! But... <laughs> Take the dub and get out of here. Yeah, there. exactly. But I don't, I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing, and I thought it was a decent effort because, again... Yes, we were upset when AJ Styles and Nakamura just like got a nutshot at WrestleMania, and it was the beginning of their you know their real feud, not necessarily what we thought was going to be the end or Nakamura being crowned. It's a similar thing here, folks. Where else could we go with Randy Orton and the Fiend? I don't know, but at least I'm enticed to say Alexa Bliss versus the Fiend or Bray Wyatt is way more interesting to me. And we'll talk about what happened on Monday, I'm sure, in the hope, because that's where the detective has to lie. But I'm just saying, in general, folks, you've got to think about it from a perspective of good television. They've got to tell good television. The pay-per-view is great and all, but good television, it's the only thing they've got is The Fiend sometimes. So just just relax. Calm down. Shut your faces and enjoy it. Well, two things. One, you're right and they're right. Because that match sucked. It did deserve to be booed. It was horrible. But you're also right. That's why they put it on first, because they knew... It was going to be a disappointment to the fans, so they wanted to get out of the way early. We saw the way they stacked the card. They kind of like put the stuff at the beginning that they knew was going to be a letdown, so they could build up like it makes sense. Um, but it, I, still, the fans had every right to boo. It was horrible. It was terrible. It was not great, especially when they built it up. But it is. I am intrigued to see where it goes, and I'm excited. I am excited to hear what you have to say later as the detective. But we got to move on from one shit sandwich to an even bigger pile of done. And that was the worst part of the weekend. And that was the Women's Tag Team Championship match between Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax and Natalia and Tamina. This match was horrible. But the only positive WrestleMania, because I, I always have a positive, is Shayna Baszler 
tap someone out after weeks and weeks of getting squashed. She actually got a little bit of shine here. So I'm happy about that. And that's what I'm going to choose to focus on because the rest was the drizzling shits. Listen, I just want to pat myself. Barry Horowitz style oh, on my back. God. There you go. Ray beat you by like 50 picks. No, he didn't. Anyway, the other thing is, is that I called it from night one. Nobody else did. That's a big pick for your boy. And then secondly, hold on, let me finish. They were cheering Tamina. And as Tommy yes. Dreamer said on Twitter, could be the potential biggest baby face in the women's division that is very much suffering. Just Nestle, saying. Um, have you ever seen sarcasm font before? There is no sarcasm Cause, font. Cause he used it. No. He was using it. No, he was not. He was not. He was genuine. Tommy Dreamer is genuine. Might have had a couple too too many shots to the head, Thank as our boy Danny said. But I will say, it was a bad match. Yes, of course. But it wasn't the bad. bad in my opinion, it wasn't the worst. The turmoil was it way was worse. The worst than match it. of the night. Or worst of match of the week. night. Sure. Worst match of the week. weekend. No. It rivaled O'Reilly Cole for worst match of the Oof, week. TJ. Just kidding. TJ. Just kidding. Gas But that match wasn't good. That match wasn't good either. We'll get there. But let's was, move on. It, it was, I, yeah. I like Tamina. I like Tamina, so it's fine. Why do you like Tamina? Because I think she just deserves. I think she's worked hard enough. She's not the worst one in the in the bunch. That's the thing. Like, you guys. So there's there. there's other people who work hard, like work just as hard that you criticize and are terrible. And she also apparently, according to you, works hard and is terrible. But you defend her. Got it. I'll die. Hypocrite. I'm gonna use that against you next time I need it. So we're gonna. I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna put it in my back pocket. Save it for later because we're gonna move on to. I thought was one of the highlights of night two, and that was Ko and Sammy. Their match was, was solid, as we expected it to be. KO obviously won, but, I mean, the memorable part was obviously after. We knew Logan Paul was there just to eat a stunner at some point, and that's what happened, um, so I went home happy, so. I think they went through their greatest hits, which is what they do. It's it's not a bad match, but it, it showed Sammy did a great job playing his character. KO gets me fired up no matter where he is. Love him. He just he injects it into your veins, and you just – He's a special kind of dude. I wish he had better, honestly. I mean, every time he gets WrestleMania season, we talked about it, he's a he's a he's a he's reg- won two in a row. Because we talked about this on the but Zoom. He's a regular season Joe. It, uh, yeah, but no, no, no. Last year he got a big singles win over Seth Rollins. Like this year, the entire Mania season, he was feuding with Roman Reigns until Edge won the Rumble. Like it just he's, he yeah he dominates in the regular season, but he's also a good playoff performer because once again they give him a huge spot at WrestleMania where they give him a nice memorable spot. Kevin Owens. Gets a lot. Does he deserve more? Absolutely, because this guy has face of the company potential because we all love him so much for a reason because he's that good. But they know that, too. So he does get his chances. He's a stud. Will he ever be the main event of the main events? Maybe someday. I don't know if he will, but I do think this guy's got to win a Rumble at some point, right? I, mean, I think I, he might. I, I, he has to, in my opinion, but I just... yeah. I, I, I honestly feel like, as we've we've figured out now, that the Rumble don't mean anything anymore, so it's, you know, it's... Hey, you know, the winners of the Rumbles main evented both nights for, like, the first time in forever, so you know what? I'll applaud them for that, because that's always something we criticize every year. We couldn't this year. They did something right in WrestleMania. Okay, well, go, going from something that was very decent to something that made me jump out of my seat, and I was so excited. If you saw the bump, RVD was with your boy, the bro. And they did a segment backstage with Kali. Now, Kali's there, whatever. Let's just move out to the side. But the fact that Riddle and uh, RVD with the rolling papers had me in stitches, I want them to be a tag team. I want them to have a Bill and Ted experience, be excellent. The high bros, baby. Oh, the high bros would be fucking hysterical. I think that that would be awesome. RVD doesn't have to do much. I think at RVD, a 50% is still better than 90% of the roster. I And having 
having bro riddle do it would be fantastic and i just thought it was a great way to light the candle so for me i i had chuckled very hard at that and then we moved on to what i thought in my opinion was arguably the best match of the weekend which was riddle and sheamus with the exception of that one white noise which we thought was going to be amazing off the second or top rope that was they did a good job. He caught covering. himself though. They he caught, caught himself the, and did what he had to do. You, you keep going because there's screw ups in, in professional sports this all the ain't time. Ballet, Adam. This ain't, who the fuck is Adam? Jesus. Anyway, uh, anyway, I, this match to me, I love physicality. I, I was surprised Sheamus won, so let's go on that. I was very excited for him. But look, for me, I gush over the physicality and forgetting that it's you know, just uh, two guys talking to each other and caring about each other, or at least making sure they came out the way they came in, kind of thing. That's the unwritten rule of wrestling take care of each other but with those guys and especially that finish with the backflip brogue i thought like that was incredible i thought they went out of their way to make a moment now yeah you can you can you can probably massage it and and, and make me think differently about what match was the match of the weekend but this to me is in the conversation for me i i loved it i thought it was great night i agree because i thought this in the triple threat which we'll get to were my two favorite of the night but i still think those first two from night one are my top two you could argue this maybe into the third spot for me, but I think that's where it gets clustered because between this, the triple threat, and then the other three that we talked about on night one are like there, and I think KO and Sammy isn't too far behind because I thought all that stuff was a lot of fun. Next, we get to something that, well, was in a tough spot. Yeah, it was a very tough spot, and we didn't really know what Nigerian drum fight meant. It just meant street fight with a bunch of drums around ringside, which, whatever. Um, I thought these two guys did a decent job. Um, it obviously wasn't spectacular. It won't stand out, but it also wasn't bad. But uh, what really mattered was what happened in the finish, and that was your boy, a drafted member to the Raw roster who never appeared on Raw, but is now involved on SmackDown. Formerly of Raw Underground. And he is now a Nigerian general, and he helped Apollo win the United States Championship. I was going to give him my comeback, honestly. I thought about it for a second. But uh, this is your boy, Nestle I was excited. Uh, you know, Daba, Daba's going to dominate, I guess, or he's some type of like seven foot general. I don't know what the hell is going to happen here. Uh, look, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for Apollo because he's worked his ass off. He's, he's definitely, mm-hmm. he's had these kind of like reigns that we won't remember and then he's kind of like not done anything they finally do something with him this is the this is the most we've ever been interested in him as a fan 100 percent. so you know what the opportunity was there he grasped it he realized this is it for him if he doesn't capitalize on this it's probably good you know good day mate it's over uh but it's just it's over if he doesn't do what he did and they they strap the the ic championship on him which is awesome uh the one thing i will say that is a huge faux pas in my opinion jc we had, I'm gonna I'm gonna fill in the blank, or you fill in the blank for me. We had a Nigerian blank fight. What was it? Drum. And what didn't one single blank be used in that matchup? Drum. Also, the thing I'm more disappointed about was there was a gun, and I wanted someone to ring the gun with someone else's skull. But instead, <laughs> I think the gun like fell off right at the beginning of the match. They hit. They whipped them into it, I believe, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Lame. No, that was that. I agree. That was. I think something that could have made it a little more memorable if they actually used the props, but it, that was more of just like scenery to crown Apollo. And... See, here, here's, here's, here's some free booking advice from somebody that knows nothing. 
have a giant drum. Like <laughs> sell yourself. Well, I'm just making a joke because I wanted to entertain. However, I think uh-huh. I think my ideas are great, but that's just me. Well, have a, your ideas. So here, you here's should what you like do: you have a giant drum, and Baba Kato comes through the drum at the end as the reveal. That's what you do. That's what it you would do. have been better if they put Biggie through the drum. Oh, whatever. That's fine. Do that too. Yeah. They, but have a giant drum that's like seven feet tall. You don't tell me it's WrestleMania. They don't have a giant seven foot drum they can circumference that they could do. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. They used all their extra money on the giant fucking uh, brain in the box. So that that and their stupid drones, just like the <laughs> yeah. drone lighting or whatever that nobody could see. And they had a lot. They had a lot of pyro. They had pyros on entrances after the matches. They had pyro for. Fucking Hall of Famers and random people and yeah. Um Who but cares? yeah, next up we have the uh the second to last match of night one. It was the Raw Women's title where Rhea Ripley was crowned Raw Women's champion. Um her entrance was cool in theory, but they didn't um mic pretty much any of the instruments, so all you could hear was the singer making noises. Um so that underwhelmed a little but it didn't underwhelm me as much as the actual match, unfortunately. I was excited for these two. I thought they'd be a good match, but I mean, we saw it again on on Raw when they did the rerun. Um, the chemistry just didn't appear to be there, and it was a shame. Yeah, I mean, the, you got to have a good dance partner, and this one was just they could not communicate. I don't know if it's a legitimate communication in terms of language barrier or if it's just the fact that the right foot wants to do what the left foot does. I don't know. It's just it's bizarre to me. Uh, it, on paper, it should work. I mean, they clearly thought it would, and uh, it was just more of the same on Monday, and I just it, – it was a decent match, but – you can say that Asuka may or may not have been the MVP of the pandemic, and that's fine. I don't believe that, but I thought she at the very least deserved something better than that, what she got. So for me, this was kind of they a— put them in the co- They put them in the co-main event spot on yeah. one of the nights. They, they had a big spot. They just they just didn't deliver. It is what it is, and it's. I don't think it takes away from either of them because I think they're both fantastic, and I think Rhea has an incredible future, and Asuka's been a standout um, of the past year and a half, but I just this match wasn't good, plain and simple. And then we get to the main event, folks. And as a triple threat. And first off, before we get in there, we got a boy of our our boy, the Ray Ray, down the bottom, right when Edge was getting chairs because Ray He was... gave Edge a chair. What a heel turn by Ray Ray. Yeah. Ray gave him a chair. Ray is Ray is the reason that Edge could have potentially won the championship. Just saying. He did not. It was this I thought this was to me, this was the, the overall best match of night two slightly 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 over Seamus Riddle I thought these guys did a solid job um, there were a lot of things in this match I enjoyed um, the finish was certainly surprising uh, with Roman pinning both men at the same time it certainly also leaves it open for some like you know excuse spin zone on Smackdown so we get Wrestlemania backlash and who knows what that's going to lead to uh, where your boy Pierce is going to you know probably argue with Sonya about shit and Paul Heyman and there you go there's the next five weeks of television but uh, I thought this match delivered I, like I said, I was surprised that Reigns won because I really thought, I mean, the show and the story, that this was Edge's crowning moment and the pyro was going to be rubbing off and he was going to be holding that championship above his gray hair, looking all old and shit, but it didn't. Roman Reigns uh, is still the head of the table and seems like he will be for a while. I just love that the crowd booed him anyway. Like, I know you're supposed to boo him, they but it's just should. funny. It's like they, you can't win with them. It's just like they boo him. He's when a he's bad baby. guy. I'm they boo him. He's they a bad guy. Him. It's just it's funny now. It's just it's hysterical. It really is. No, you don't think that's funny? I, mean, I expected it. He's a bad guy, and also like the whole reason. I think honestly, like it could have been like I figured Edge would get a mix. I think he mostly got cheered, but I think part of the reason Brian was in this match was to make sure that they booed Roman because I think honestly, like there was going to be a temptation 
to kind of cheer Roman a little because people are finally now appreciating him by putting in everyone's favorite, including yours, Daniel Bryan. Everyone wants him to win. That doesn't want edge. So it just, it was, I thought that's why it made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, look, I mean, it just, the only thing I will say that that cracked me up during this entire thing was they had him in the, the double cripple across face and it was like, stop it. No, you stop it. No, you stop it. Like, Daniel Bryan played the, the like the little bug kind of guy that he is, very the, like the little gnat that won't go away kind of thing. Like he just, he's so good at it, and you could tell it was just like the two adults in the room trying to fight with Daniel Bryan like interjecting himself. And I thought that was a great story to tell throughout the night, and the frustration that it set for all three people. I thought that was a great story that they wove throughout the whole match. And then of course they double stacked as you talked about, which again, depending on how you want to handle that on Raw, I'm, I'm sorry, or handle that on SmackDown. It's it'll be interesting or just a huge giant eye roll, either way. So, is what it is. We figured this would they would find a way to spin this off in a similar direction with a different spin, and that's what they'll do. But WrestleMania, that wraps up uh, both nights of WrestleMania, and that leads us into the night after WrestleMania, which is Monday Night Raw. So we head to the Shine, like Mandy Rose was always in the Shine, especially when she beat up Nia Jax all by herself on a stud, because she's always in the Shine. But Raw after Mania, obviously we go from two nights of WrestleMania, where we have real fans. We go back into the Thunderdome with no fans. So my expectations were definitely tapered. And I definitely felt it, because I think part of what makes the Raw after WrestleMania very special is the fans. And not really having them there and having the virtual thing, it definitely had a different feel. And I think for the second straight year, the Raw after Mania just was overall let down. Oh, this was the worst one of all time, in my opinion. I, I don't know. I think last year's was worse. I, I just felt I like... Think, it, I think the only reason you feel like this is worse is because we had the fans and then we didn't have it. Because I feel like just... Because I felt that pull too, where it was just like, you had something, then you lost it. And you were just like, it was the ultimate disappointment again. I just don't understand it because I just feel as if, like, I get why we're not doing it because, you know, safety protocols or whatever, I understand that portion of it. But at the same time, I just thought the matchups were fucking awful this week. I just, there's so much that disappointed me. There's so many things that I was just, it's one of those moments where you look at it and go, every match could have been fine up until a certain moment and then it all falls apart. Like, it, it's literally just, just stop what you're doing. Just stop it and you'll be fine. But they just keep well, going. Well, what about, so what about this? Because I actually, I enjoyed Lashley Riddle. I always enjoy those events together. I thought it was I thought the backstage interaction, as always, was fucking phenomenal. And also, Lashley's suit. You want to talk about Super Hot Fire, Nestle. Woo-wee! I'm an orange guy, so I love it. Oh, yeah. Flames. The color of flames. But I enjoyed Lashley Riddle, so I'm surprised what you didn't like about it. I don't mind the match itself. It was just odd to me that they kind of just... They had it right away. And it was just I like, think they just really wanted to solidify Bobby as the champ because they knew they were going back to Drew, so they just wanted to continue to make him dominant. And they've literally seen what Riddle can do, like making people look amazing, taking that beating so well that I think they were just like, what better way than to like give us something fresh for one night than Riddle? No, look, they, they're good dance partners. I don't know. This isn't the match that, that bothered me. There's a lot more on the show that bothered me. It wasn't this. It was just kind of arbitrary to me. It it happened because it was just like like you said, it's passing by. It doesn't really necessarily grab my attention. You know, it's just it's a continuation of just more stuff. It was just like, okay, we're treading water. We got our moments. Here we go. Blah blah blah. Like WrestleMania is one of that giant climax, and now you're just like let down from it, and now you're kind of like trying to build it back up. So you got to start somewhere, but they didn't know where to start. So it just felt like, eh, let's just throw what we know what works out there, and it's fine. But now we get to something I'm sure five weeks from now where we're just going to go, eh, you know, so. Yeah, probably. I mean, especially with how they booked in the main event. I didn't bring up that for a reason. But I will say, 
my favorite part of The Rock of WrestleMania and a comeback nominee, and that is the Queen Charlotte Flair. But not just because she's back in WrestleMania, because the last few times they brought Charlotte back, they haven't really let her be her best self. But tonight, or last night, on Monday night, she came out as her best self, and that is heel Charlotte, full of herself Charlotte, just running through her accolades Charlotte, all the things that I love about Charlotte was in her promo. Did it drag a little? Maybe. But I think a lot of heel promos can drag a little bit. It's kind of the point. You're supposed to get your hate. But I am excited mainly because this version of Charlotte is back. Because she did. She talked about how she is the thing that makes people better. I think that is especially true when she is this version of herself. Because whoever she faces instantly gets put over as a baby face because everyone wants to root against Charlotte, especially when she is this Charlotte. So I am excited for that. It's good to have her back, how she is meant to be, how she should always be her best self. And I think that's exciting because we talked about Oscar and Ripley being a letdown. Well, maybe Charlotte can make it interesting because I'm assuming WrestleMania backlash is going to be a triple threat. Oscar will be in there to eat a pin from someone. And then we'll move on to Charlotte and Rhea, which was a match of the year candidate from last year. So, I'm excited. Of a lot of the things on, on Raw that I wasn't excited where they were heading, here at least I finally have some hope for something, a division that I haven't had much excitement over in some time. I feel like it did get the boost that you need after WrestleMania, and now let's see where they go with it. I, I can't say nice things about this one. Let's just move on. Because her promo was directed at you. You calling her the shoveler. She's the anti of the shoveler. She's the lift upperer. Are you done? Shout Not even a word. Favorite part of the Monday after WrestleMania, then? Not much, but I, I, like I said, I'm removing all the Fiend stuff till later in the hope because that's, I think, a specific place to talk about. Yeah, but it. that wasn't great. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, just yeah. uh, regardless if it's good or bad, that's where it's headed. Um, I personally, I loved the Ms. Morrison and Maurice part. I thought that was great. Yeah. I thought Damian Damian Priest did a great job doing his whole, you know, coming out and doing his whole thing. And I thought that that, that, you know, two-on-one thing. And the one thing that made me laugh was, like, people were like, Maurice is protecting him from showing him in his underwear, but he wears, like, tights anyway. So, like, the logic doesn't make any sense. Like, that's covering up the same amount of area. It was effective, though. But it was funny that he, like, pulled it out and, like, made her trip at the ramp and stuff. Like, I thought that was good. So, overall, it made me chuckle. It made me – honestly, it made me nervous because I do not want to see – John Morrison on his own right now. I feel like he'll get lost in the shuffle because he is so good at what he does with the Miz. And I know, you know, it's hard because you can't sit there and go, the Miz and Morrison is better than the Miz and Maurice because clearly they have a show and clearly they have better chemistry because they're married. But I think all three is great though because you have the dominant duo with the the sidekick. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong and maybe it'll keep going. But I just my this is a Nestle bonus hope is just please God don't pull them away because Maurice isn't going to be around forever. So like the fact that you get him away. Yeah, like I, I'm not necessarily in love with that idea. I just, I think that they, they have a purpose together, regardless of whether they're going after tag gold or not. And I think that they deserve to keep them together because they stay relevant and they, they stay on the show together. So that's just how I feel about it. But again, it was a good segment. And that was to me, like the only segment that really had my eye. Everything else was well, just gotcha. I, I agree. And I hope, honestly, I hope this is where they kind of start to pull apart the Miz and Morrison and Damian Priest and kind of move them forward. We'll see if they do that. But the, the segment that I actually enjoyed, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, and I can't believe I'm going to do this because I haven't put this guy to shine forever, but, like, I enjoyed the New Day Elias segment. I thought that was pretty fun. It, had, it gave me a few chuckles for sure. 
it was something something different. And um, thank God the new day won. That's all I have to say about that. Can we go to heat now? Get him off my TV time? Sure. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. There's a lot to get off my television, folks. Now, granted, we're going to talk about this guy, I'm sure, throughout whatever, but the the commentary new gentleman um, had a rough night. Adnan Burke? Yeah, it was the first night. You ever been good at a job the first day you were there? No, but no. I think that they realized they had to carry him, and they did a decent enough job. I mean, obviously, he made a lot of flubs, and it, it happens. The one thing I will say, regardless of all the flubs, regardless of all that stuff, and I will get, you know, over time, I'm sure I'll get used to him, and, and I'll enjoy it because people fear change, obviously. But the one thing that I will say that, that really bothered me was... And I'm sure he's successful everywhere he goes, but his voice to me didn't scream that is going to be a soundbite from him ever. Like at I least I feel like you've said that about like Vic Joseph though. Has that changed as well? I think over time Vic has found his voice, so I'm hoping. Yeah, I think this guy will too, because this I'm guy's hoping. never done wrestling. I'm hoping so, but I felt like, and I, here's here's the problem, and I think this is gonna you know gaslight a lot of people, but his voice was so nasally and so generic, baseball ish. That it made me feel like I was watching a baseball game and put me to sleep. I just, I couldn't for the life of me get excited about anything that was going on. And he just, and I understand this because I've done commentary and I've done commentary for live events for hours. And I've done, and I get it. You go to the well too many times with the same things over and over again because eventually wrestling is the same story over and over again anyway. But on your first night, I just felt like there was a lot of pressure on this guy. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, he can keep going upward because if he continues to go down, I think a lot of people will compare him to Mike Adamley. I don't necessarily think that's a fair comparison, but it's hard. It's a hard job to have, especially with Vince McMahon in your ear. You know, it's not going to be easy. So I think he's probably got a long, long way to get it right. But his voice to me is very, very difficult, and I hope that he finds his voice because if he doesn't, he's going to be short-lived on Raw. See, I I obviously don't think he was fantastic, but I thought it was refreshing. But I will say this because you said it was kind of putting you to sleep. Well, that's not necessarily – like as like the play-by-play guy. Your job is to tell the story, and it's the color guys who are supposed to really fill in and bring that color and that energy. So for me saying that you felt like it was a baseball, I think it more of like the three-man chemistry obviously isn't going to be there for one night, but I think that's more of a detriment to the other ones. That's Saxon and Graves because the whole point of them being there, and I thought there was a lot of them because obviously they, they were really doing their out of their way to help him out, to not put him in a big pressure situation on his first night. So I think that obviously will get better too because we see it all the time whenever they put these guys together like, Honestly, whenever someone new comes in, I think it just gives people like a more of appreciation of Michael Cole for the positive aspects because the reason why he's always there is because he's so solid and reliable that there's so many things about him, yes, we don't like. And I bitch about him all the time. But it's just the reason why he's been the one that's always lasted is because he's steady. Because we've seen obviously the revolving door with all the other ones and Phillips is here, and then someone else is in, and Phillips is back in, and someone else is in, and Phillips is back in again, and now Phillips is out again. So, but I, to me, like a lot of the stuff I saw on Twitter was like pretty much word for word what people were saying the first time they saw Vic Joseph and all this stuff. Um, so I'm willing for me, obviously, like do I think he was the best, no, but I think I do think it was refreshing to have someone new, and I'm curious to see how he improves week to week. Yeah, and I mean, we'll keep an eye on it, honestly. I just I don't know. It's it's it, you know like you said. It's hard for change. It's hard for people to really enjoy it and be honest with it. So again, wrestling I, fans are fickle, like Daniel Bryan said. Fickle. We're a fickle species. <laughs> fickle, fickle, pickle, fickle, Rick. Yeah. Uh, something that did that surprised me and got me excited, and then the match happened, which had zero chemistry. Was the Viking Raiders returning, which was awesome, against the boy Shelty and Cedric, which, which in my opinion, the gold standard that that whole thing they should be amazing. But they were like. 
the wheels fell off of this matchup completely halfway through. I felt like they were trying to go at a really high pace, and it just like, I mean, these are two guys we literally haven't seen wrestle in forever. I'm sure they're getting their reps in. We know they're very good, but it just, this scream, like, you know, people say the term ring rust, like it was definitely there because, I mean, they were trying to go at an insane pace, and they just, there wasn't, it just wasn't there. And they, who knows? They could have threw this, been like, oh, you're fighting these guys. So these guys might not even have time to talk. And we know the Viking Raiders love to take chances. That's why we love them in the high spots. But yeah, it didn't click great, but it was certainly great to see them back. Yeah. And uh, honestly, in a, in a, in a not so deep tag division, Raw needs tag yeah, teams. They need tag teams. They need babyface yeah. tag teams. And these guys can go. So for me, I was excited to see them because obviously I have a soft spot for Handsome Johnny. And I thought that he just. He's always been around as a New England staple, so to see him back and, and being okay with the uh, – I think he broke his clavicle or something like that. Um, just – or I think it was something like that. But it's just – He came back early, though, I think. He so did. He's he, seven months of rehab is no no joke. But I, I was happy to see him. I just – I'm glad that they're back. I kind of wish the tag division still only had one champion, but that's okay. We'll, we'll you know We'll always deal with that. But, yeah, these guys were desperate neatly needed. They desperately needed to be back, and I'm happy to see them. Um, so we kind of hit on the, uh, Oscar Ripley rematch wasn't good. So I think we can move on from that. Um, but the other thing was, uh, so they, they obviously like they had the backstage thing where Mandy beat up Naya, which was super shine. Amazing. But then they had a match, um, and they did a thing where they had Naya fall on purpose to have everyone laugh. But then Mandy and Dana purposely get counted out. And I'm suddenly like, what the fuck are we doing with this? Like, for a division that's been a mess, um, it remained a mess post WrestleMania. So, yeah, the whole like, we'll, we'll wait. Not worth it. Not worth yeah. it. Not worth it. And I think what it was was she was so angry that they didn't want to, they didn't want to face yeah, the angry monster. But it's also like you're taking a purpose out. Like that should bump you down, back down the list. So it's just like I don't. It's just like the I I. So on one side of it, I got it, but at the same time, I didn't get it. So it's just like it made your baby faces look, look like weak. shit. Yeah. Yeah, so it just like I don't. I thought it was very odd. I know why they're doing it because they love the haha spots, especially with Naya, because I do think she does sell them pretty well. She does a nice job of that, but it just like they're just they like every time I think they might be able to have me for a second, it's gone again. Your boy Reginald, like you mentioned on Twitter, where all he's gone, gone. Yeah, kapoof. WrestleMania reset button. Boop, boop. Yep. Don't forget, it's like the MI. It's the Men in Black button, right? They're just like, don't look over here. Boom, it's all over. Forget Reginald ever existed, folks. That's it. Yep. He'll go back to NXT. It is what it is. He served his purpose, and it's all over. You know what's funny to me? Is that man came in, disrupted the entire division, essentially ripped it apart and made it worse, and then he was just gone. Just gone. Uh, see, I, I think that he he was a very good positive for it, but then they just they overdid it. Oh, yeah. And then now they just literally like, boop, like you said, snap, gone. Yeah, it was like it, Thanos. Thanos just snapped him from existence. If only we were so lucky for some of these things that we've already noticed. The other thing too is I just wanted to, I just wanted to say very quickly on the Charlotte promo because I thought this is worth it. She came out looking odd, like she just in her face, like she just didn't look right, like she looked like maybe she's she's you know recovering still, which is fine. The promo she cut again didn't necessarily affect me. I don't necessarily care. I mean, at least it was a good promo in terms of like she. The one thing I really hate, and people can say it's a good promo or bad promo, but for me, she literally listed every woman that was on WrestleMania. And she just shit all over him, which, again, as a heel, great job. But she had, I feel like she went a little too far to, like, basically undo all the things those women were doing. And it's just like, I know we're getting into that gray area and we're making people feel uncomfortable. And, again, that's where the controversy creates cash theory goes into. But at the same time, you could have made fun of the people that were not on WrestleMania and I'm okay with. And you would have made the same same level of, like, whatever. Like, I would prefer— See, I, 
I look at it on the other side where it's like your name came out of her mouth so she knows you exist and that's a positive, which was the whole point of your pro- promo being like, I'm the reason you get better. So by her noticing you, I took that as, okay, the queen, the dominant force is noticing you. So I I don't mind that as much because like I know it is kind of like the thing that like you hate about The Rock where it's like constantly putting people down. But I think in a, a case scenario like this, like I think it's a positive because I think the people that she didn't mention, it's more damning for them. So here's the other thing too. In my opinion, you, you name those people that were on Raw. Like, so basically, I'm sorry, she named, named on SmackDown as well. So you, she, she named all the tag teams pretty much. She named all the tag teams and she named Bianca and Sasha. So basically she's taking credit for all their stuff too, which again, I get to a certain extent, but from a logical standpoint or, or illogical, depending on how you look at my brain, there's a difference in how you can perceive this entire promo, which again, she didn't do a bad job delivering. She went way too long and she started at the end going through circles and I'm just sitting there going, I get that you're the best to ever do it. There's no debate, but cut it off. Like, just cut it off. You're, you're done. You've made your point. Let's move on. Like, you're, you're making me not care. You're making me fast forward. You're making me go to, you know, take a piss break or something. Like, I've lost interest in what you're doing and I shouldn't because she's the best to do it. However, the other portion that I have is the ones she didn't name is the ones that she should have named because if you're really, JC, you're such a, 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 a proponent of saying that Charlotte is, in fact, an elevator, she should mm-hmm. say the names of the people that didn't get on WrestleMania and say, you know what, maybe you're just not as good as you think you are, Bailey, or you are Peyton Royce and stuff like that. Like, Bailey so, was on WrestleMania a lot. Well, yeah, a lot, but for other <laughs> she reasons. She had more screen time than anyone. But yeah, sure. Well, cumulatively, maybe, but... So that's the like if you're gonna say she's an elevator, that's great, and I'm sure she will be when the when the bell rings. But those women, if she's truly an opportunity, as she says she is, then she should be able to take those no name people or the people that are lesser known, the people that didn't get on WrestleMania, whatever the case may be, say those names because if she is truly an opportunity, then by her speaking those names, she elevates and gives more stock into those names than the five to ten people that she just shit on, that clearly so- had a monumental WrestleMania. Just saying. You're missing the point there. Is those people not on television? Obviously, like they're not on TV for a reason. So they're like they're not being considered there. Like we saw Nikki Cross on stage, obviously, but like she named the people who have been on TV who have been part of stories because those are the people that are supposed to be on their minds. Like, and like, and hey, you know what? In the past, like she did the thing where she got Liv elevated for a night when that night when they were talking about no opportunity. Like her and Liv had a very fun match. So it's it's it just. Charlotte's going to enter this Ripley Oscar thing and she's going to make it better. And that's the point of it is that when she's involved, like whether like, like the match, sure. Could it be sloppy, but it's going to be better because there's going to be more eyes on it because what she said, isn't Ron. It's like her being involved with something makes it bigger. It was the same thing. Like when Cena would get involved with you, that just makes you bigger because it's the thing. And that's, that's kind of what Charlotte is. And the only other person who has really done that in the women's division is obviously Ronda Rousey, where she got involved with someone. It got bigger. Right. That's, I, just, that's just how it's been so far. Right. I'm just saying spread the wealth instead of continuing over to the well the same thing every time. That's all she I'm did, saying. She named off like everyone on the roster besides the people who aren't on TV. She spread the wealth plenty. You're just a Charlotte hater like always. Because honestly, I was surprised when I was watching it. My timeline was everyone praising Charlotte's promo. Because it started like, oh my God, Charlotte's back. And I was like, oh, there was a really good promo, really good promo. Except for there was one person who didn't like the promo. And that was our boy Guthrie. Um, so shame on you, Guthrie. But you and Ness will be on the same side. It's not good for you, Guthrie. It's not good for you. I love how you you you, you shame me, but you don't shame I'm Guthrie. I'm gonna. Sh- I just shamed Guthrie. I'm shaming him for being the only negative person on my timeline about this promo. Uh, you clearly don't you don't follow the same people I do because there's plenty of negativity. I didn't on watch my it live either. When I watched it live, everyone who watched it live, it was all praise for Charlotte. I was shocked. 
I was shocked because normally, like, whenever Charlotte's on TV, it's instant, like, everyone's shitting on Charlotte. But it wasn't. Everyone was, I think it was just because the same way I felt, like, it was refreshing to see her go back to the way she should be because they're not doing that fucking Charlotte we complain about where she's, like, kind of they're treating her baby face when we, you know she's not. But we haven't talked about it yet, and I think we got to get there. And that is the main event of Raw. McIntyre beats out Braun Strowman and Randy Orton after, of course, the here comes the fucking red carpet promo, which set up the match, which our boy Adam Pierce got on TV. Shout out Adam Pierce. But uh, so they have a match. McIntyre wins. MVP appears on stage. And um, I don't know if they're hired goons or if they've been hired as part of the Hurt Business or what they are. But uh, T-Bar and Mace, formerly of Retribution, were clearly hired by MVP and take out McIntyre to close Raw. So... It turns out they just got rid of Ali because they don't think he's the main event because T-Bar and Mace were in the main event. T-Bar and Mace. You forgot about Slapjack or Reckoning. Those guys aren't good enough. So my guess is that I'm curious your take because I don't know if they're part of the Hurt Business or if they're just hired guns, but if they are part of the Hurt Business, I would expect like an unmasking next week and then to let these guys be... Dio Madden and Dominic Dijakovic and maybe that's the way because we've we've agreed like obviously Dijakovic is very talented um local guy here in Massachusetts so at some point like they're gonna take off that mask and he's gonna be fine but I am curious your take if you think they're actually gonna be members of the Hurt Business if they just wanted more size or if they're just hired guns I go back and forth with it when I saw it but I think when I thought more about it this morning the one thing that kept harping to me was Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin are going to be fine. In my opinion, they're going to be fine. They'd... I hope so. Those two guys though have historically been underutilized though. So I'm worried. And that that's fine. Those are my guys. Yeah. And I understand. I mean, to a certain extent, Shelton Benjamin is what Shelton Benjamin is. He just, he, he's in, he's in the wheelhouse in which he is at. Now there's an elevator. Cedric Alexander probably has a higher ceiling depending on what situation he's in. But right now he's where he's supposed to be. Now, I don't know a lot about Dio. I haven't seen a lot of his matches. I've seen a lot of Dive Coach matches, especially on the indie scene, as well as the fact that Beyond Wrestling is all these other places. And then he gets to NXT, he does these great jobs with, uh, you know, Keith, Keith Lee, Lee and whatever else. Yep. So he has a very high ceiling. So I looked Agreed. at it as, I looked at it as, if he's not doing anything, it's bad for him. If he's doing something, it's better because Retribution was essentially dead, dead on arrival, really, in a lot of ways. So will they be part of Retribution? I don't. I would say no. I think they are more of the, like, they're sniffing. APA? Hired guns? They're sniffing. The new APA? Yeah, I think they're sniffing. I mean, they definitely need to be in the tag division, if something. Um, part of the Hurt Business, I would have a head-scratch moment on that. But again, they've answered the question, or at least they, they started the, the, the question, we have to have it answered, is why. You know, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? So again, as a lead-up, you're going to tune in next week to kind of figure out what the hell is going on. I mean, we watch no matter what. But at least it might have go, why are these guys with them? It doesn't make any sense. It's not, you know, to have this particular version of the Hurt Business be something different now. I don't know. But I think they need to get the masks off. They need to get a different kind of, uh, just a whole different presentation in general. Please, yep. So it was the stinky fart of 2020. And at least you're going to try to get the stink off with having the best part of 2020, the Hurt Business. In 2021, a lot of it is going to be the Hurt Business and Bobby and MVP. So if there's anybody that can pull a rabbit out of their hats and make it better, it's going to be Bobby Lashley and MVP, especially MVP, with Agreed. why they presented it. So for me, I look at it as a positive. I look at it as 
we just saw it happen. Of course, like the one thing that I always hate, and this is this is me being positive in the heat, which I cannot believe, is every time I start a new show, literally every time, whether I and I I I credit this to our boy Billy because Billy says this to me all the time, and I think you've said it to me too a bunch, JC. Is when I start a new TV show, I always I never start a TV show when everybody else watches it. I always watch it like three to five years down the line when nobody cares about it anymore. Spoilers don't exist, don't care. And everybody has the same thing. Oh, you're gonna have to give it a couple episodes. Oh, you're gonna have to give it a couple because it, it gets better. It gets better. You gotta get used to it. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like every every time that I've complained, I'm sure you said the exact same thing to me. So for I'm gonna use that and turn it around and use it on them is. We got to see where it goes because they put it in the main event for a reason. So they must feel something about this. They must. Yeah, and no, I think even when I was very critical of Retribution, I always liked these two guys because they're very similar in height. Like they made sense as a team, and they obviously like they look like enforcers, and like they're very intimidating. So, like they're the part of that you strip away. I do, I do agree 100. percent Like get those masks off them, whether they're part of the hurt business or their own entity of just hired guns, like. They just like they're they're big. They're a big, strong team. Like the big reason why I liked AOP is they were two big, hulking guys of similar stature that made sense together. These are two big guys, very tall guys, more than hulking, very similar stature, and they look like dominant together. And so I and obviously I like I know the talent of Dijakovic, and I'm willing to give Dio a fair shake. But I just I was just more the reason why I was curious is just like I was curious like if what your thoughts was on them as a team. And obviously like you know we're gonna wait and see, but. Um, McIntyre and Lashley fighting again at least this is a different twist on it but I feel like it's just going to be more of the same so that's the part where of like why it's heat for me is I just I like spoiler alert before the show we were talking my hope was going to be that Drew McIntyre would be far away from the WWE championship because um, I was almost thinking that he wouldn't be on Raw but that obviously you know was destroyed immediately because we're getting a rematch I think the Drew McIntyre ship has sailed for me and clearly he's very skilled in this form in this form yeah I need something he needs more. To go do something else for a little yeah. bit and work his way back up. I think he's. I think he's. He needs a new layer. He needs a new something. It's just he did his part. He did his great job carrying the flag. It's just you can't give me more of the same. And I thought that's what yeah. they were going to do anyway. And it just seems that we were off on WrestleMania. Maybe they go back to WrestleMania backlash. But I don't know. We'll see. I, the time. Only well, time will tell. You ready, WrestleMania? I yeah. think it's time to get to the hope. And uh, I'll kick off my hope because it relates to this before we get the detective going. We'll make you guys wait a little longer, but glorious. You are my only hope. My hope is the belt, Bobby Lashley, and the WWE Championship. And I, like I said, I enjoyed the riddle match. It was a lot of Bobby domination. And what I want to see for the next few months is Bobby Lashley domination. I don't want him to be pinned. I don't want him to be submitted. Hell, I don't even want this man to lose. I want this man to become the most dominant, unbeatable force of WWE, kind of like he has been the last month, but I want it to continue until SummerSlam. Obviously, I've hoped for it before, so I'm piggybacking off that to start, but until he faces Brock Lesnar. That's when I want him to look vulnerable next because I want Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam for the WWE Championship. But WrestleMania, I'm going one farther. I want Bobby Lashley to beat Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam and continue his reign as WWE champion because I think that would do a lot. Hell, who knows? I don't know if Lesnar would be for it, but I hope he is because then it's just a one-off for Lesnar. He can go away till whenever he comes back again, catch a nice little payday. We get our big match, and it could set up a part two where maybe Lesnar wins, you know? So, but that means, like, when does Bobby lose and how does he lose to? Well, coming up, we have money in the bank. And I think Cesaro and Big E are probably the favorites for that. I would like to see Big E win Money in the Bank. But obviously we know Baby faces that Money in the Bank. Maybe he picks his spot. Maybe it is 
later in the year where Big E picks it and is calls the shot and says, I want Bobby Lashley in this match one-on-one, and I want Big E to be the one to finally beat Bobby Lashley, and I want Big E to become the WWE champion at some point in 2021. I think that's a nice way to let it breathe. It gives Bobby a long-dominant reign, and I think those two would be a lot of fun together because we know Big E likes to go, and I think it would excite Lashley. So that's my two-part hope with Lesnar at SummerSlam and then Big E eventually winning. Hashtag JC Knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Well then, that was a monumental uh, hope there, buddy. Ah! No Braun hope. Good for you. He'll be fine. So here's my hope, folks. You get to strap in and go into the weeds with me on this one. So basically, we had the whole thing with what happened at WrestleMania with the Fiend and Alexa Bliss with the whole blood thing. Then on Raw, we had Alexa Bliss saying how she has a new person or a puppet or whatever you want to call Lily, which similarly looks like Bliss, which is great. Then we also had a Firefly Funhouse where he said he feels reborn. He's going to let everybody know. And he does the whole preacher gimmick thing. I thought that was great. Um, didn't tell you a lot, but but before all that happened, in between WrestleMania and uh, Raw, Bray Wyatt tweeted out a photograph of a particular old painting, which was about a man named Samson. And this is where I want to get into the weeds of my hope. Samson was betrayed by his wife, Delilah. And I'll read very quickly what the, the thing says here, because I think it's very important to people to understand why I think this is where I'm going with it. So he, So Samson himself, in the books of, you know, depending on what version you get, had immense strength, like almost superhuman kind of qualities. And he was event- he had superhuman feats that he could do. He could slay a lion you know, with his bare hands. He could do all these things with you know, beating an army by himself, all that stuff. Very similar to the Fiend. He had that supernatural power, essentially. But Samson also had, which people believed, to have very long hair. And that that was his power. Not necessarily... Don't take me on a ride for that because I don't think that's where the fiend's power is, but let's go on continuously. So Delilah, his wife, was actually sent by a different army to betray him. A servant cuts off Samson's hair, and that violates and loses his strength. He becomes a normal person, and then he is just completely in disarray and just gutted and taken out, essentially, to a point in which he is just beaten by other people and nothing continues to be going his way. Until one day, Samson prays to God. God gives him his power back even more than before. Learns new tricks, different things. And then he just wipes out an entire, just starts beating up motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Like he just does his whole thing. So when I look at that entire picture, that picture, as they say, is worth a thousand words, which I probably just spoke very quickly. But what I want to see here is the biblical sense of what the Fiend and Alexa Bliss are doing is just on another level, folks. So for people that were complaining about the match, I get it. You can bitch and moan and do all that stuff. But they clearly had a vision of where they want to go with this. And at least we got to jump on that bandwagon because, to me, The Fiend versus Alexa Bliss is going to happen, and that's where my hope is, really. But I think that, especially with the introduction of Lily, we're going to have that whole feeling of, like, Alexa Bliss may end up having her own puppet kind of thing that she's going to end up getting, Lily and other versions of Alexa Bliss into puppets. I don't think it's going to be Nikki Cross. I don't think that's a thing. People were... You know, saying on the internet, oh, it's going to be because she's the only one left that cares about bliss, yada, 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 which I don't necessarily believe. But the one thing I will say is this. I want to see Alexa Bliss crush the fiend, just like the painting has dictated. Now, maybe you cut, you cut off his hair just to have a visual moment of something because it would be interesting to see that those dreadlocks cut. Because you never, you never see something like that on, on, on you know, what they're doing. 
which maybe that is part of his strengths, maybe not. But I would like to see a physical manifestation of what we talked about in their own version of cutting off the Fiend's power. Whether it's his hair, whether it's a super betrayal, whatever it is. But I think what we're going to end up getting here is the Fiend will eventually turn into something even more different. He's going to end up become a ginormous babyface by doing this entire thing. And I'm super hopeful and super positive and super wonderful in this direction because I think that the Fiend is selling out merchandise. Selling out like hotcakes, folks. Everybody buys everything the Fiend. Might as well print money. He's like next to New Day and John Cena. He prints money. So it's a logical standpoint that this is the next guy. The next, the, the really the only version of, the, of anything, really. He's not the next anything. He's just the first ever anything Fiend. People will gravitate towards him. It's the same thing as The Undertaker in a lot of ways where he was just supposed to be a bad guy. People loved him and now he's just tirelessly loved no matter what. But my hope is, plain and simple, that Alexa Bliss is going to crush the Fiend in some way or fashion. We are going to see something take place very monumental for the Fiend's character that it will shake him to his core. And then eventually, eventually, we are going to get a deeper, darker Fiend that the fans will even love more. Forget all the stuff you've seen now. I think a completely 180 change will get even bigger and better and more important, especially if the haircut happens or if Alexa Bliss beats him in some type of weird match or some voodoo happens or whatever the case may happen. I think we're going to see something incredibly cool happen here. And I'm very hopeful, not only for one match, I think there's going to be a series of matches, mostly, I would imagine, cinematic or something weird like that. But now that we have the Firefly Funhouse, we have the Playground, we have a lot of non-wrestling happening, which honestly is the best way to present these things because in the wrestling matches, you can't really do too much anyway. So I'm super positive that these matches or things that are, the confrontations will take place. And you should all be on the train because this is going to be something special because these two know what they're doing. They know what they're doing, and then they've been the best part of anything WWE, in my opinion, for the longest time. So, yes, do we have do we have a popcorn fart to get to something better? Absolutely. But get on the train, folks, because this is going to be the defining moment for The Fiend and Alexa Bliss. I guarantee it. That's my hope. I hope you're right. I really do. This week, I they obviously didn't do much, which I think was on purpose. Um, so I'm very – I'm just going to sit on the fence on this one, Nestle, because I uh, – I, I, I'm hopeful, like you, that this will be fantastic. I know that the effort will be there. I am very curious, though, because I do not – I don't really have a take right now on where I think they're going because I just I, – I don't know. And I don't – the Bray obviously was just kind of like a back, and the Alexa was kind of like, I have a creepy doll that talks, which uh, I was like, oh, that looks dumb. Then I talked, and I was like, oh, that's cool. So, you know. The teeth, are, the teeth are faces, so it's interesting to me. I know. It was, it was great. It was great. I was shocked because I was looking at it. I was like, ah, oh, this is kind of lame. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm in. So, yeah, we'll see. A lot of wait and see. I'm just going to sit on this fence here and get myself an old wedgie. Yeah. You shouldn't really yeah, sit on a fence. It's probably not good for you, but just saying. Anyway, should we let's, go to a comeback? I think we should go to the comeback. I would like to go first. Is that okay? Okay. My comeback this week goes to, are you ready for this? You sitting down? My comeback this week goes to me because I came from the belly, the bottom of the basement when it came to the predictions of WrestleMania to WrestleMania Wire, folks. And what a comeback. Better than anybody else on WrestleMania. Better than anybody else in NXT. Better than Raw. Better than SmackDown. Your boy, WrestleMania, came from the bottom. Number seven, it seemed like at that point. Maybe number nine at this point. And scratched and clawed and did everything that he could and got to second place. Almost beating Ray and dethroning him, by the way. Almost... You Almost. lost. I did not. Came back to lose. That's a win you in my book. Better than the you rest know, of us. Listen, I Second did amazing place, work. He's just the first loser. 
Loser. No, 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 no. That was a monumental win on my part. Oh my God! I got hey, listen. Can you give oh me props from coming back that far? I was back no! like sixteen Can matches. You, still lost? you know what? You know what would be proved to me, WrestleMania? Why don't you win year two, huh? Why prove us wrong and win year two? Dethrone the big bad Ray. Listen, I'm on a roll. I think I'm doing pretty good. I am. <laughs> I am in for this next year from WrestleMania to WrestleMania Wire. I think. Listen, I just had a great comeback. I have to talk about it. Nobody puts me over, so I got to put me over. That's it. You didn't win. You didn't win. So as far as I'm concerned, you're, you hey, do it all hey. the time. You're always the one. You're like, if it's not, if you're not the best, it doesn't matter. You do that all hey. the time with everything. You literally say on this program, "Oh, that person doesn't matter to me because they're not going to be the best, so I don't care." Can so I just... You know what? You're a fraud. Listen, listen. You know, you know how you know how it's good is when your boy TJ, your boy TJ, was writing in the predictions and texted me and said, "I even wrote, said to myself." Wow, what a comeback. So you know what? I have that in text message form. So don't tell me that it wasn't a comeback. Don't tell me that it wasn't worth talking TJ about because I am not. TJ writes his checks. He's got I don't, I don't pay bit, anybody. A little bit just to make you happy. TJ probably makes more money not knowing who I am. That's fine. Congrats to Ray Ray who beat the shit out of Nestle and the rest of us. Listen, Ray, congratulations. You did great. But I, would, I think Ray would appreciate a good comeback story. That's all I'm going to say. Because Ray was well, All I got to say is WrestleMania, you know what? You gave a really shitty comeback. I'm going to give the people co-comebacks. Two comebacks this week. One goes to Charlotte Flair for all the reasons I talked about earlier. But my second comeback of the week goes to Adam Pierce, who was an MVP of WrestleMania week. He helped train Bad Bunny. He's part of the best segments. Our boy Danny Grimwood said that with one end in our chat said, we need more AP on TV, and I couldn't agree more. So Adam Pierce and Charlotte Flair, two of WrestleMania's favorites. You get the two official Jabberknocker comebacks of the week because that's the bottom line. JC said so. You're such a mark. You are. At least I'm not a mark for myself. Time to get to the big finish. One, two, three. What a maneuver in WrestleMania. We have, I guess, some stuff to talk about. NXT takeover. NXT. Yeah, I can't even talk. NXT takeover happened. Um, it was a really good two night event. It was a lot of fun. Um. They obviously NXT moves to Tuesday nights, which is today when we're recording. But I'm uh, curious your takes for NXT TakeOver. So I really loved the MSK one. I thought that was a great match with the triple threat. I thought that was something that people need to go back and watch. Not necessarily the best match, but it was just something I think it was me. number four. It was up there. Top four. It was up yeah. there. Um, I think my expectations for some matches were so high they couldn't be met. So that's hard for me. I thought the latter match was incredible. I thought that they did a great job. Obviously, Santos winning kind of made everybody go, huh? But, you know. Barring that finish, I think that everybody else enjoyed the rest of it, so that's that's important. Was that your favorite match, or was it one of the other two? Because for me, I had a definitive top three of Cross Balor, Devlin Escobar, and Walter Champa were my top three for sure. It's tough because I really liked all three of those. I could order those in any order and be happy. Sorry, you're, you said it was Finn, Cross Balor, Devlin Escobar, Walter Champa, and then I put the tag match slightly lower at four. I would give you Walter and Champa as number one. The only thing that bothered me was the ending. It was just like it, they did so well throughout the entire match, told such a great story, and then like he just lost by a chop. And I'm like, I get why, but I almost felt like even the crowd was kind of like, huh, you know. So, barring that one small thing, I still think nobody came close. In my opinion, I thought that the latter match was good. I thought the tag match was better personally. Okay. I thought that Finn and Cross was four. Because I personally believe that I'm, I love the presentation in the Gaga of Cross. I thought that was awesome. 
but the match itself to me didn't get as good as Walter or didn't get as good as, in my opinion, the latter match because I love those matches. And then, of course, I just had a soft spot specifically for the, the tag match. I thought that match delivered completely from Belgium. 100%. Bell. So for me, I thought that that was four. That's all. Okay, okay. And then I, so we, we pretty much have the same top four. Um, my fifth favorite one was uh, your girl Raquel winning the NXT Women's title. That was my fifth favorite match. It was, definitely there was nothing wrong with it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a very cool moment at the end. Um, but then again, after that, I think there's another gap. Yeah, look, I, I just want to say very quickly before we go and bury one match in particular, um, <laughs> that, uh, how do I say this without sounding like, you know, fuck it, I'll just say like, I'm a dick anyway, whatever. So here's the problem. In my opinion, this is how I, 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 I saw it. NXT, excuse me, I just cracked my voice. NXT on USA as a takeover to me, wasn't as good because of the commercial breaks and the presentation of a TV versus NXT TakeOver on Peacock made it feel more, more not the matches, it's just the presentation in general. Just made Your me favorite feel... match was on the, the, the TV one, though. No, I know, but it's just it's hard for me sometimes when I watch it because I was watching it back some of this this morning because I had some free time, so I was thinking to myself, the Peacock presentation was just better. Like It just made me so feel like I it was think... watching something better. When I was watching... I think night one was on Peacock without commercials, though, wasn't it? I didn't see, I didn't see I watched it on Peacock. See, I watched, I watched it on it. USA, too, but so I'm that's pretty my sure... Fault. That, that's just my fault, then, yeah. because I felt like it did something for me when I was watching it. Like, I could I... be wrong. They could have still had the commercials on Peacock. I'm not sure, because I watched it on USA as well, but I'm pretty sure I saw people say that it was also on the network and Peacock. So. And maybe that's true, but for me, like there were, there were the matches that we didn't talk about definitely made me feel like we rushed a lot of things. Like, the Eliminator, for me... Didn't seem important at all because of the, the commercial was, breaks that were I going in and out. I thought it was fun. I didn't love it. And obviously, I was surprised by the final two at the end, which I don't think is a bad thing. But I do agree it didn't really stand out. But I also thought it was fun. No, that's, so and fun's fine sometimes. And that, that's fine. But, you know, you get to night two, and we'll get to talk about it. Regardless of whether it was on USA or Peacock, night two, the unsanctioned match to me was a drizzling shits. I don't necessarily think this is the best Ooh. match of the year. I don't, I, I don't. I wouldn't go that far. I no, didn't I, like it because I, I thought would, it was too long. I think it. I think it went on too long. And, and listen, there's a lot of people here that just. Just I'm gonna say it. I, I don't know another way to say it. They just. They just kiss Roman. Roman Reigns. Excuse me. They kiss Adam Cole's butt. And Adam Cole's been too. great. I love Adam Cole. I think I Adam Cole's great. And I love Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dune stuff. Like I thought this is this was their coming out party. But they didn't do as much as everybody else did to make this match memorable at all. And I, like the, I know it might be. Might be one of those things that I just I, I watch, but I just I can't in the life of me think that this was a good match. I just hated it. I just I did not enjoy it one bit and then they're gonna be like, Oh, they went through the stage. Okay, they went through the stage. Like whatever. But it just I mean Io Shirai jumped off the skull. Didn't make that like yeah, it was cool, but it was one part of the match. The rest of it was like twenty to thirty minutes. It was just too long and it just didn't help. It didn't help anybody. And then so TJ's gonna be like, This is erroneous, this is ridiculous. But honestly, to me, it's one. It's odd the presentation to see them out there without the EU music. It's just it breaks my heart. But besides, it, did. it broke my heart too. But besides, but that's not why I hated it. No, but the, the match itself was just kind of like it was arbitrary. It just felt weird. It didn't make any like it was just it it didn't deliver. It didn't deliver. It stood. It just didn't deliver. I see what you did there. Yeah. No, I I I don't. I wouldn't call it the drizzling shits because I do think there was some good in there. But to me, like. This match couldn't hold my attention. It was there were just because it was so long. Like there were so many down swings, and it just there wasn't anything that I don't remember anything from it. I don't think it was special, which is a shame because I love both these guys. I know you're a huge on Kyle O'Reilly guy. Adam Cole is one of my favorite guys. It's just like it just it just didn't. It wasn't. I don't think it was good. And I saw like a bunch of people saying it was amazing. And whenever I see that, I feel like I missed something. So then I rewatch it. And I'm like, no, 
I think people just want to like what they're going to like, which is fine. Cause there are things that I like that some people didn't like that. I just like, cause I like it, but it just, this was, it was a shame. Cause I, I don't even think it would make my tier three of takeover matches. Cause I was kind of tearing them. I don't know if it'd be there. It's definitely not at the bottom, but it's definitely, it's, it's might be the equator if that, if they're lucky. So, but yeah, it was, it was a letdown. The rest of the stuff, like the Gargano match surprisingly wasn't, great because usually he always delivers and then the women's tag match was i don't remember anything from it so sorry tj you're probably gonna have a blow a gasket that both of us hate this thing but it is what it is yeah it happens man uh do we have any i know on AEW this week uh we have dax versus jericho with mike tyson a special guest enforcer uh what is your thoughts on that match i mean obviously jericho's gonna win because of mike tyson but it's just like Everybody's saying Sean, Sean Spears had to put over Tyson, and why isn't Sean Spears in this matchup is all I got to say. So, is what it is. Uh, because that's not the point, bro. Not the point, Sean bro. Spears, Sean Spears does, one, does that better than anyone, and that's why he was in that spot. He, they're like, who can we put out there that we don't? He did the same. He took a fucking bump from Tony Khan, for God's sake. That fucking nerd. So, you know what? Sean Spears plays his role perfectly. He is part of the greatest faction wrestling now in the pinnacle, and I am excited for this because... Everything Jericho is involved in, everything the Pinnacle is going to be involved in, is going to be mostly good. And I think this will be good. It's I'm happy for Dax because uh, FTR obviously like they're definitely holding them off from the tag division, so they're kind of putting them here. So I think this will be this could be pretty fun and physical. Another match that they're going to have. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a bad match. Maybe it will be scheduled because unfortunately the Hardys lost their father. But Matt Hardy is supposed to take on Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. That'd be good. Oh. But unfortunately their father will it be passed. good though. I think that, you know... Does Matt Hardy have good single matches Matt anymore? Hardy doesn't die, so... I don't know. But anyway, I, the, 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 you know, we're so WrestleMania heavy, it's hard to even think about AEW sometimes. And I, I say that terrible. It's just, it is the way it is right now. I mean, I'm, Our boy I'm Joe Stopper's got you covered on Jobberknocker.com on Wednesday nights, though. Absolutely. He's, he's, he's literally just injected into my veins. He's the only reason that he makes any sense, heads or tails, of everything he writes. So, great job. I think I'm done. I'm exhausted. We've yeah, gone at least a, we've we've gone we've I'm gone done. over the hour. We've gone way over actually. So five stars, five flames on uh, iTunes and all the other podcasting platforms. Like, subscribe, download. We appreciate it. Tpublic.com/slash/jobberknocker. There is a new design. Uh, Jobberknocker podcast with JKP. The JKP order is available. I don't know. I think it's still discounted. Uh, you'd have to go like now though. Uh, but yeah, check out all the designs. A lot of good shit. Buy everything because. You know, why not? It's great merch. Um, also, jobberknocker.com. That's our website where we got you covered on it all. NXT's Tuesdays, AEW's Wednesdays. Uh, Impact is, what thing is Impact on now? Impact is now on Thursdays. Impact on Thursdays. NJPW over the weekend. Uh, prediction drawers up there. Some specialty stuff. All sorts of fun shit. Uh, the Twitters are all in the description of this podcast. Facebook, Instagram, because we're everywhere. You want to be on the socials, bruh. Bruh. And on that note, Bruh. we're exhausted. You're exhausted. Hopefully you guys can take a relaxation breath and enjoy us this week and every week as we'll be back next week with some more Jobber Knockery. And Mandy. Ah!